Welcome to Reviews by Jay, the podcast bringing you weekly episodes highlighting the latest movie, television, and musical theatre reviews, as well as my thoughts and opinions on everything you need to know about the screen and theatre in Australia. I'm Jay Antonio, let's get started. Well, 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 good afternoon, good morning, good evening. I am Jay Antonio, welcome to Reviews by Jay, another fantastic episode. Guys, I am so excited to be talking about Turning Red in this episode. For those of you who don't no, Turning Red is about a 13-year-old girl named Maylin who turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets... Well, the the tagline says too excited, but I'm going to say emotional because I feel like it doesn't just happen when she's um, super excited. But absolutely, it's a, it's one of those types of, um, you know, person turns into an animal type of movies that Pixar and Disney are so famous for. But... Guys, this is one of the cutest movies that I've seen, and I'm really, really excited to actually be able to talk to you about it, because this is, of course, one of the best Disney Pixar movies that there has been in a while. It stars Rosalie Chiang as Mei Lin and Sandra Oh as Ming, the mother of Mei Lin. And guys, let me just tell you, it is so cute. The movie is heartwarming. It is filled with positive vibes, positive energies. And can we just talk about how Pixar did not shy away from making these 13-year-old girls act like 13-year-old girls and have the problems that, you know, 13-year-olds would have, including having Ming, played by Sandra Oh, make sure that her daughter has enough tampons. And it's one of those things where, you know, it seems really small, but for a lot of people, it's going to be quite game-changing because it's definitely not something that you would, you know, expect to see in one of these movies. And I feel like, you know, you've got those that parent group that's like up in arms and you would put something like this in here and like why are they drawing pictures of boys but like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry what were you doing at 13 years old because i know what we were talking about in school at 13 years old and you know not to make this sound bad or anything like that but when we were 13 we were doing a lot more than drawing pictures of boys like we you know what i mean i'm not gonna say it all but you can you know where i'm going so the fact is This movie wasn't scared to shy away from almost kind of depicting what real life is actually like for these kids. And I really liked every second of it. It's definitely a heartwarming and beautiful story. It's basically the story of a girl who wakes up at 13 and realizes, oh God, when she gets excited or emotional, she turns into a giant red panda. Can you imagine waking up and not being able to control your emotions at, you know, 13, guys, let's be real, and just like, poof, you're a panda. I mean, I was poof a gay, but like, that's a different thing, right? Because... Oh my goodness, but that's totally fine. But anyway, I'm really just such a fan of how they took this movie, the direction that they took it in, because honestly, I started watching it with my mum actually, like maybe Monday or Tuesday night last week, and the first sort of 20 minutes of it, my mum was just not vibing. And to be honest with you, I kind of wasn't either. Like the first sort of 20 minutes of it made it feel like such a standard Disney Pixar movie and not one of the really great ones, just like a standard kind of like good one, averagely good. Um, So we stopped watching it. We actually turned over to The Dropout on Disney+. Plus. It's fantastic, guys. Check it out. But then my bestie came over and we were like, have you watched Turning Red? And he was like, have you watched Turning Red? And I'm like, no, we stopped 20 minutes in. He's like, I stopped 20 minutes in. I was like, well... Let's start. So we basically started watching this movie and immediately a lot of stuff started happening immediately. And it was just the pace of it was fantastic after that point. 
And even my mum was in the room and she was going to go to bed, but she was just like, I'm actually going to stay and watch the movie because it's quite fun. So it was my, me, my bestie and my mum sitting on the couch watching this movie. And it was a really such a cute movie. And as it goes on, it just gets bigger and bigger. And I'm just like, oh my God, yes. Oh. So let's talk about it, shall we? It's review time. All right, so as I said, the plot of the movie, 13-year-old turns into a big red panda. There is some really cool people in this cast. Can we just talk about the fact that, number one, it was around 2001, I believe, that it was based. And I love, like, late 1990s, early 2000s. I'm at that 30-year mark, so I'm 32. I was born in 1990, so the 90s were, like, my vibe. So kind of anything to, you know, reminisce about what it was like for these, because they were my age. Like, in 2000, I was 10. 2001, I was 11. So, they're 13. We were kind of all the same age. And so, I think seeing some of those references that were early 2000s, especially, like, the fashion and the language that people were using, it was just so heartwarming to see all of that. And I really appreciated how much detail Pixar put into this movie. Now, as I said, there are some really big names in the movie. Jordan Fisher. If you guys don't know Jordan Fisher, he's currently playing Evan Hansen on Broadway. Um, he's in this. You've got Phineas O'Connell, which is actually Billy Eilish's brother. He's in this movie. You have some fantastic, fantastic, just general people. Like, I... Uh, general people, that sounds terrible. Ava Morse is Miriam. Hyen Park is Abby. And I, forgive me, forgive me, I'm going to butcher it. Uh, forgive me. Maitreya. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. Ramakrishnan, Ramakrishnan, sorry, as Priya. Now, if you guys have seen um, her show on Netflix, it's actually a Mindy produced show. I love Mindy. Can we just take a second to talk about how incredible Mindy is just as a writer? I think her writing in The Office was fantastic, but the show is called Never Have I Ever, and she's in this uh, movie as well. And honestly, like the, the cast is really, really good. They're so, so fantastic. Um, I don't know if I've done an animated movie in reviews before. I can't remember if I have or not, but this is so, so good. And I would highly recommend that you go and see it. The music, by the way, it's not a musical, but there is musical numbers in it. It was written by Phineas O'Connell. Phineas and Billie Eilish wrote the songs for this movie. And they were all like 2000 vibes. Like it felt like kind of Backstreet Boys, like five. Do you remember five? Oh my goodness. So look. The vibe is fantastic. Overall, it's so, so good. In the movie, two of the characters are actually seen with um, an insulin patch um, on their arms, except that wasn't actually... The technology for that doesn't ex- it didn't exist until recently. Um, so, two decades, basically, earlier than what it was at, able to be out. And I just thought that that was really cool. It's a purposeful goof, if you will. Purposeful sort of, like, Easter egg um, or mistake. And I really, really liked that. I think it's just one of those things where, you know, they're kind of showing that kids today who are watching this who have diabetes could see that. And they don't need to know that the technology is new. All that they need to know is that two people on their television, on their home screen in this movie that they're watching, have the same patches that they're going to have or that they do have. And it's that type of sort of inclusivity that I really love to see. So there was a little bit of controversy with this movie before we move into the actual review portion of it or the score portion, I should say. And the controversy was this. So this movie was supposed to have a theatrical experience 
exclusive release. All of a sudden, Disney decided, oh, we're actually not gonna do that anymore. We're gonna release it on Disney+. Plus. Why, can I just ask Disney, did you think that that would be a good idea? Number one, this movie is incredible and should be seen on a big screen. The ending, oh my God, ridiculous. So I don't really know why that would have been the case. And I understand that we're in a global pandemic, of course. However, having said that, you've sort of got money in your eyes and you know that parents are probably more likely to put their children in front of this movie at home than take them to the cinema, especially now. And I guess it's all about money, but that's not the point. The people who made this movie were told that this movie that they were putting their blood, sweat and tears into was going to be a theatrical exclusive release. That's hundreds and hundreds of people, by the way, included in the making and the sort of production of this movie. Hundreds of people. And all of a sudden we've got, hold on, it's going to home release. So we can't even see this movie on a big screen. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. And I have to say that... For such a big company as Disney, the, the current CEO, I am not a fan. I'm just going to say it right now. Not a fan of you, dude. Prices are increasing. That People are saying the magic is being lost in your theme parks. And I get it. It's probably a different division, Disney Plus, than Disney Parks. Of course it is. But that's not the point. I feel like they're under some serious misguidance at the moment. And they really need to bring it back. They're a multi-billion dollar company. You know, I mean, if, even if you look at the Star Wars hotel that just came out. I know, here we go. Me getting sidetracked. I always get sidetracked. But the Star Wars hotel that just opened, I was talking about it with my bestie and we were like, yes, we really want to go to this. We're giant Star Wars fans. We really want to go to this. Do you know how much it costs? For two nights, and that I must call out that it's two nights and includes all of your food, a theme park ticket, all of your accommodation, all of that's included. But it still starts at over 5,000 US dollars for two people for two nights. US dollars. Let's Let's ask Google, actually. Hey, Google, what is 5,000 US dollars to Australian dollars? 5,000 United States dollars equals 6,734 Australian dollars and 30 cents. Do you want to spend $6,700 before tax for two nights in a hotel in Orlando? No. By the time you've done all the calculations, that's an, that's basically going to be a $10,000 trip minimum because you're going to want to spend more than two days in Orlando. You're not going to fly to the US for two days and then come home. So I'm not really understanding why they're doing this. And I, I think it's, I get it. I think it's, I know it's all about money, right? It is. But at the same time, I just don't understand. I don't understand the thinking behind that. Allegedly, they're struggling to fill the hotel, which doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. I checked out the dates yesterday. Pretty much every single date was available for the rest of the year. It's an experience, but I'm not paying 5,000 US dollars, nearly 7,000 Australian dollars. I mean, over 7,000 when you include tax. I'm not paying over $7,000 for two nights. You are just out of your freaking mind if you think I'm going to do that. I have no idea how we ended up here, and I'm so sorry. Let's go right back to turning red. But I think I remember my point, and I'm going to hammer it home right now. Release this freaking movie in the cinemas. I don't know if it's in the cinemas. I haven't checked. I probably should check. But release it in the cinema. I don't want to watch it on Disney+. Plus. I want to go to the movies. I want to go. <sighs> probably sound like a child right now, but that's okay. These things happen. If they released Turning Red on Blu-ray, I'd probably buy it. It's actually really cute. I think it's really nice, guys. So let's talk about this for a second. It was directed by Domi Shi. It was written by Domi Shi, of course. Julia Cho and Sarah Strector as well. And it's one of those movies where, honestly, I think you've just got to watch it to understand it. So without any further ado, let's jump straight into the ratings because I've been talking for a while now and I'm so sorry. Time to rate that film. Alrighty, guys, I've mentioned the storyline about 10 times. If you don't remember what I what it is that I've said, like, 
sorry, but I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> Storyline is really good. As I said, it's in the 2000s. I love that time. I think it's just fantastic. I also think that the whole family aspect of this movie is fantastic. It's similar almost to Encanto because what it does, what Encanto did was that it showed you that the villain can be in your own family, can be right under your noses, and you don't even know that they're there. The villain could be one of your family members. And this is kind of the same thing in that sort of sense where we don't have like a monster villain. It's not an evil villain that this big red panda has to face. It's her mom. It's her grandma. Do you know what I mean? And they're not even villains. They're just sort of old school. And that's kind of what it is. It's about sort of this girl fitting in her new way of life, the current way of life with the old school values that her family holds and has. And I just think that was so beautiful. And I know it's it's not original in the sense that, you know, obviously I just said Encanto did it, but many, many movies have sort of done something similar, especially recently where we're kind of realizing, oh my God, hold on, the villain could be me. Maybe I'm the villain. Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. So for the storyline, remember we rate them out of 10. Just a recap, storyline, music, acting effects, and editing. For storyline, I'm going to give it a straight 8. It was really fun. I think it deserves an 8. I think the writers did a fantastic job in portraying exactly what wanted what they wanted to portray. I think it was just fantastic. Moving straight to music. I loved the music. As I said, Billie Eilish and her brother did the music for this movie. So I'm going to give it, again, it's another eight from me. I think the music is so good. You should go listen to it. The soundtrack is, of course, out now on Apple Music or Spotify. And it's just really good. There's a couple of uh, Four Town, which is the boy band in the the movie. There's a couple of their songs. And, of course, the, the orchestral pieces, which are also really good, really cute. Exactly what you would expect. Acting. Now, here's the thing with an animated movie. The acting is different, of course, because it's voice acting. You All you have to go off are their voices. Now, I love Sandra Oh. Can we just... Let's maybe talk about Sandra Oh. Because Sandra Oh is one of those people that you just watch. And no matter what she does, no matter what she does, it's fan-freaking-tastic. I think she's just an impeccably talented actress. I think... Just her style is amazing. The characters that she play are always different. I mean, look at Killing Eve. I haven't seen much of Killing Eve, but I've seen her in it and completely different. Because when you start to look at her Grey's Anatomy character, completely different again. And then this one, the mom, so beautifully done. To the point where I didn't even really recognize her voice. I knew it was her, obviously, from, you know, seeing the cast list and all of that. But I didn't really recognize her voice because she became this new person. She became this... The mom, basically. And that's that's a brilliant thing when an, when an actor or an actress, and I guess this is the entire point of acting, right? When an actor or an actress, anyone playing a different role genuinely embodies that role, I believe every second. I, I, Andrew Garfield does the same thing to me. Andrew Garfield looks the same in every role. He always <laughs> looks the exact same. But it's always a different character that he's playing, and I can see it. I can believe it. It's there. But then, of course, I'm not going to name shame anyone at the moment, but you see some people playing a different role, and it's pretty much the same role every single time. And look, a lot of Marvel sort of actors and actresses are like that, but that's fine. I love them. They're fantastic. Look at Tom Holland. I'm not going to, I said I wasn't going to call anybody out by name, but here we are. Tom Holland in Spider-Man, Tom Holland in Uncharted. It's basically the same person. It's basically the same. It is the same person. It's Spider-Man just rubbing, like, rubbing things thieving things (laughs) so for acting in this i'm absolutely going to give this actually a nine because the voice acting was so incredibly believable i can't imagine how many takes that they would have had to do to get these incredible sort of outcomes but yeah check it out effects 
Now, this is a tricky one, um, but I'm gonna give this a 10 out of 10, and here's why. It is the biggest departure in Disney Pixar film animation, I should say, that I've seen ever. The animation style is fantastic. It's got that typical Pixar look and feel that you would expect. And then all of a sudden you have like these, almost like these anime kind of overlays right into the movie. And it was just so beautifully put together. Even things like the fur on the red panda, you could see every individual strand of fur. It was unbelievable. It was everything. And so for that, I'm giving it 10. It well deserves 10, can I just say. I'm calling it out 10. Also, I'm giving editing a 10 as well because everything about the movie was really good. The only thing, as I said at the start, was that the first sort of 20 minutes were a typical Pixar movie and I kind of wasn't sure if it would take off. That's not anything to say on the editing. The, the pacing was still really good, but certainly 10 and 10 for effects and for editing. So without any further ado, I'm going to do some quick maths and I'm going to come back to you with the final score. Time for the final score. Cool, cool, cool. So the final score, I don't know why I said that. The final score for this movie is 4.5 out of 5. Now that is a huge score. Go and watch this movie. Sit down. If you're like, I don't know, if you've got some kids or you've got friends or family over and you just want something easy to watch in the background, something that's kind of fun with really cute, cool music, go check it out. I highly recommend it. My mum did end up loving it. My bestie loved it and I loved it. It was definitely one of Pixar's best recent movies and I highly recommend you go and see it. And by go and see it, I mean stream it on Disney Plus because you cannot go and see it in the movies. Oh, you might be able to, but since it's streaming, why would you? (laughs) Have a great one, everyone. I'm Jay Antonio. Until next Monday. Oh, maybe we've got a bonus episode. Maybe did I give it away? Who knows? But maybe I will see you before next Monday. And if not, have a fantastic rest of your week. I've been Jay Antonio and you guys have been amazing. Thanks so much. I'll catch you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Reviews by Jay. I'm pop culture enthusiast Jay Antonio. Find me weekly on Spotify every Monday by searching Reviews by Jay for the latest in film, television, and musical theatre reviews. Check out my Instagram at Reviews by Jay. I am absolutely happy to take requests for movies and let me know what you guys want to see and hear. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic rest of your week and I will see you on Monday.